Hello, this is Terry. And this is Coco. And this is Adventures in Organized Chaos. Where we talk about... Local politics. National politics. Some culture. Lots of culture. Some movies. Definitely some movies? Maybe some books. Mmm. We talk about organizing. Absolutely. Let's talk about that movement work. Let's get into it. All right. Yo. What's up, Terry? What's happening, Coco? <laughs> I back? feel like it's been a long time, but it's been a week. Yeah, and I feel like I've seen you everywhere all week long. That's because you go to the places where I be. Or are you going to the places <laughs> where I be? Like, <laughs> these are Coco's places, I guess. I didn't even realize that. <laughs> we got a guest in the room today. Yes, we do. Wait, who's our guest? Who's do our you have guest? a microphone over there? Do you want to introduce yourself? Please. <laughs> Hi, friends. My name is Alicia Thomas. I am the Director of Youth Organizing and Leadership with Balante Transformative Justice. Sweet. Wow. Welcome. That sounds, that you sounds can bring like that a... mic close to your face <laughs> so we can get all of your voice. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that right. sounds like really important work. I'd like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> it is a work that I'm dedicated to personally and professionally. Um, it also like, starts from the root, from my heart and my lived experience, and we work to transform the realities of youth in, in Holyoke. It's very cool. Nope. I um, I stopped by Palante one time because I um, I was a little curious about what was going on. Actually, Luke came in and I was at work. He's like, "Hey, do you know about Palante?" And I was like, "No." He's like, "Well, you should stop by so we can tell you a little bit about it." So. That's where Alicia and I met, which was a really nice meeting. Yeah, uh, over the summer mm-hmm. um, when, when we don't have youth, and it's actually like the most boring time to be at Palante. Well, there were a few, <laughs> there were a few youth like organizers still there. Maybe I caught you right before they were gone. Those are our interns, <laughs> oh! which were former peer leaders, um, but also came committed themselves to the work and to enhance their professionalism practices as well so that we were lucky enough to have peer leaders um, work for us as interns throughout the summer and do some translation services for us do some recruitment um, and some planning yeah I do remember running into you guys at uh, the one of the Wisteria Hearst events this summer which was really nice yeah we went to we try to get to as many community events as possible we've done uh, fiestas we did uh, some events at Carlos Vega Park any Thing that's happening in the community that may bring youth, we try to be present at um, in order to recruit new peer leaders, but also encourage young people to come into our drop-in space, um, which you don't necessarily have to be a peer leader to be uh, invited into. We will feed the young people, we create a comfortable, safe space for them to express themselves, but also to restore and transform um, their negative or traumatic traumatic experiences through circle practice. Mm. Very nice. Uh, for the non-Spanish speakers, what does Palante mean? Uh, move forward. Mm-hmm. Move forward. Thank you for that <laughs> acknowledgement. Actually, I'd, I'd like to speak on that a little bit because it is a nod to the young lords. Um, we don't propose to be a like young lord spinoff by any chance um, or by any like, happenstance, but we acknowledge that there were other youth organizing groups that have done the work and um, we were inspired by them. Balante was the name of the Young Lords newsletter. Mm. Um, and so mm. we like to acknowledge that newsletter as a way to empower and uplift our own youth voices in Holyoke. Mm. Very nice. Mm-hmm. And so, like, how did, for from, how long have you been at Balante now? Funny story. <laughs> <laughs> I actually just started with Balante in May 2023, so just a few months ago. Wow. And so were you familiar with the organization before you started? Did you have any involvement with them beforehand? Yeah. If we go back um, a few years, maybe about mm, 
four or five years, I was a high school teacher at um, Hoyokai North, mm-hmm. and I taught ethnic studies there, and I was brought there from Boston um, because I was so inspired and excited that there was actually a real ethnic studies department somewhere in Massachusetts. <laughs> um, I had learned about ethnic studies and, and racial studies in at UCLA. Um, so UCLA, LA, California, um, northern parts of California, like Oakland, have a ethnic studies movement mm-hmm. occurring um, and extended through to, to Massachusetts where I learned about ethnic studies. Um, but going back to where I was talking about, <laughs> I used to be a history teacher or an ethnic studies teacher at Holyoke High North and was surprised that there was a group that did circle practice there. I learned how to do circle practice from my mentor teacher in Boston. Um, and we used it as a way to communicate, to heal, and to celebrate where Palante was using circle practice to interrupt the school to prison pipeline and create other realities and opportunities for young people who had interpersonal conflicts, whether that be with teachers or one another. Mm-hmm. What and is circle practice? A great question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's funny. I'm sorry if I'm like using terms that are like unfamiliar with the general population. When you're in circles of uh, social justice workers, they typically use like a certain vernacular that can be like, call me out is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Call me out if I use language that's unfamiliar uh, or call me in. Um, <laughs> circle practice is an indigenous practice that was used to make decisions, to come together, to celebrate um, as a way to hear every person's voice in the tribe mm-hmm. and in the community. We use it as a way to transform interpersonal conflict into positive resolutions. Um, we've also used, we use circle practice to make decisions as well as an organization um, with young people, whether we're having a circle with our small group of our youth advisory board or our larger group of all of our peer leaders. I actually had a circle today in staff meeting. Nice. Um, so we use circle practice quite often. Do you see circle practices show up in other places and not be necessarily called circle practice? Well, there is a particular way to do circle. Mm -hmm. It's not simply sitting in a circle. Like right now, if we were sitting in a circle and there is an item in between us that is not a intentional centerpiece, that's blocking our energy. Mm -hmm. Right. And so even if there was like we have an empty chair in the room, that is letting negative energy come into our circle. And we're also letting our positive energy escape our circle. Mm -hmm. So you have to be intentional about how you're holding the space. It's not simply like being in a group and passing around a talking piece. Right. Um, it's the more intentional practice. So mm-hmm. you have to think about how you're setting up the chairs and how you're organizing the centerpiece. Like a set and setting kind of focus. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Even the talking piece you're choosing, you're choosing it with an intention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I I have uh, I was spoke to some youth at Palante a while back. Um, and had no idea even about this little brief history, um, which is really great. And I, I knew of the circle circle work and I do value that. Um, I guess a little bit more about the transformative work that you guys have been doing over the last few years. Um, what are some of the big like top focus that are coming out of the youth? How, how, are, how are you guys directed? Is it youth directed or is it a little bit of both. We're going to ask you every question yeah. all at the same time. I'm sorry. I just got a lot <laughs> still. And and here's the, here's the other thing I, I did want to mention. There's a really dope book called Stay Woke. 
Um, and I think it's really great because all of these terms that float around that we use in movement spaces and outside of movement spaces, I still don't think we know what they mean and where they came from. <laughs> and so this book kind of is a glossary of all the woke terms, basically, or the or the most used work term, woke terms. And so, like, I'm all about explanation to a point, right? I understand where Toni Morrison is like, explanation can actually hinder us from pro- progress, but I, I do think that, that some people need to be put on. And, and that's what the purpose of this podcast is, like to help put people on as much as possible. So I do want to say that as a caveat. Oh, thank you. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's really important. I think even in youth spaces, I tend to like realize where our youth are tuned in and like when I need to to change up the language. Um, And so you're right. That's a great book. I should buy it for for my young people. Um, I don't really know what your first question was. (laughs) I don't remember what it was either. It was it was. uh, But I I was really thinking about like your the, the, the topics and the focus of Palante and how they come about. Yeah, we actually. So another piece of our work is youth organizing. And we do that through youth participatory action research. Uh, acronym is YPAR. Um, so our youth do a YPAR project every year. Funny mm. story about YPAR. I did YPAR as an academic practice. So I learned about YPAR at UCLA when I was getting my master's in race and ethnic studies. Mm-hmm. And I brought YPAR to my young people in Boston, continued to do it every year as a teacher. So my young people were doing YPAR in Holyoke. And before it was even an assignment, like I knew that this was the project that we were going to do. Peer leaders in Belante do YPAR not as an academic practice per se, but as an organizing practice. Um, and so they identify an issue in their community, they do research around that issue, and then they create a solution for that issue. Mm-hmm. So every year that Belante has existed since 2015, young people have created a project that focuses on an issue in their community and has created a resolution or a solution for that problem. Some of our projects have been transforming the um, in-house suspension room to a mm-hmm. student support room. Mm-hmm. Another project was the Holyoke Hidden Legends. Um, All along Main Street, you see faces of really powerful members of our Holyoke community. Mm. That was a project that Palante started um, and created in the school first and then had brought into the community. Another project that they did just last year was the Mindful Rage series. So Mm. our youth noticed that a problem in our community was that young people are given anger management classes um, that are not t- necessarily managing any anger. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like the acknowledgement of managing anger as a white supremacist tactic to like, quell um, resistance mm-hmm. is also like a, a conversation our young people had. So in order to address that issue, they created their own series of how to actually channel rage into a positive emotion using like the the theory of lordian rage as an idea of like rage and anger is a catalyst to change right, right. and so they created a whole series and that's a series that we have youth who are um involved in the court systems completing right now we have wow. three series this year starting we have one in october one in february one in april planned and so that's a way that we are moving our work outside of the school where we were interrupting the school to prison pipeline 
we're truly like transforming the community's mm. experience and young people's experience while they're court associated, mm. um, which is um, something I'm particularly very excited about. That's dope. Yeah. That's, I, I'm, I celebrate even the conversation about manufactured outrage, right? Because <laughs> that's a big reason why I'm my, my Instagram, my Facebook is dry, mm. right? Because I'm not going to be involved in like the manufactured outrage, Absolutely. right? And and we see it every day when you when you see the videos of the uh, sure you rightly so you should be angry that an, another unarmed black person person of color has been murdered out in the street, but sometimes we take that outrage and it just stays mm -hmm. outrage, right? And it doesn't become solution solution oriented, right. and it doesn't become a catalyst towards us actually wanting to change the situation. So, I think getting the youth to start thinking about that and being mindful about mm -hmm. that's that's huge you know what i mean that's big work right there so shouts out to palante for that like yeah <laughs> and i remember actually your previous question asking about like it, are we youth-led or are we like where does the youth-led component come in um because obviously i'm an adult uh like I am not are a, you I am not so you youth. can't go to the splash pad either right <laughs> like we can't we by yourself pad, oh, but it's, we have a lot of conversations shouldn't. why we shouldn't be in this pad, <laughs> even though we would really like to be at this right. yeah it's pretty but, much my right. energy right now like, i would love to be there but should i right the young people are involved in every component of our decision making process mm -hmm. and that is the youth-like component so they decide what we where we put our money they decide mm -hmm. what we organize around they decide who we bring in they decide what we program around everything we do is decided by the youth mm -hmm. there is like a guided component of uh, adult allyship and that's how we see it as like a hand-in-hand -hand collaborative relationship rather than like a top-down hierarchical um adult young person or elder young person mm -hmm. relationship for our listeners who are hip she just used the term I, I've been calling and I've heard it as facilitated ownership, mm. right? Mm -hmm. And making sure that when you're handing these projects, plans, programs, whatever, over and asking folks, members to take ownership of them, that you're also like leading that ownership and guiding that and then stepping away when it's time. Just mm -hmm. just remarking that, you know what I mean? That's how you're supposed to do that. Try to create these spinoffs and put them in the hands of the folks that you're leading and guiding. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly. it. That's the work right there. That's there's, movement work. There's an actually another <laughs> a, a another la like layer of that um, which exists in our leadership pipeline. Mm -hmm. So our young people start as peer leaders. Mm -hmm. They um, complete trainings, actually facilitate trainings, and then they become butterflies. When they graduated, they after a year, they are allowed or able to have the opportunity be to become staff mm -hmm. of Volante. So then we have our alumni fellowship. Um, after our alumni fellowship, they have the opportunity to be senior fellows. After a senior fellowship, they have the opportunity to become coordinators. Mm -hmm. After becoming coordinators, they can become managers and directors. And hopefully one day we'll have an alum be our executive director. Dope. That's nice. Is, That's there, is there any plan to support some of this through the school system providing scholarships or funding or anything like that oh, is yeah. that already available yes exactly yeah. all of our peer leaders are provided scholarships at the end of their senior year yeah that's like a, a we call it the palante gift mm -hmm. it's a scholarship man see i'm pushing and we pay our peer leaders we pay our butterflies and our peer leaders um so we don't it's not like an 
I've explained, we'd actually just had our summer program, which is a a week long political education, um, I'd say like orientation to social justice Mm. um, or to transformative justice. And in that space, I am acknowledging that to the outside, like who people who don't necessarily know of Belante, we could look like a glorified after school program. But we pay our young people, so they're actually working. And you know what? Honestly, honestly, that's fine if that's how you want to see us, right? If you just want to see us as keeping kids off the streets, you know what I mean? And, like, giving them alternatives and just kind of providing activity, that's fine. Give me the money, though. You know what I mean? Like, that's okay. You know what I mean? We're doing more than that. Yeah, they're working. They are truly transforming the city. Um, I see so many of our alum working even in their undergrad or grad classes, bringing in Palante ideas or asking us to come in or us pulling them. And there's a very, um, I don't know what the word is, but the relationship evolves constantly between Mm. alum and and the community and the staff. It gets to be something intergenerational. Absolutely. And, And then also there's this like beauty of reciprocity there, right? Where each kind of class of Palante is leaving something for the next one mm-hmm. and seeding the next movement and just growing it and building is that's yeah the legacy is is one piece alone that like has excited me to be a part of the team um but also like as a community member I wasn't I like I said I only was staff like three months ago I was a community member I live in Holyoke I was a teacher in Holyoke and even then I taught teachers in Holyoke so I've always referenced Palante, brought Palante in for trainings. Restorative and transformative justice is um, a term or terms rather that people throw around a lot. Mm-hmm. But Palante has always walked the talk. Mm-hmm. They don't just say the words. They have young people living, embodying the values. Um, and those young people are leaders and they become staff members. So it's not it does, the legacy doesn't stop ever. Right. Um, I it's, think it's such a beautiful place. It's also incredibly impressive for such a, a young organization to have so much impact because the impact is seen throughout the city. Thank and you. Um, it's, it's a very impressive and you can see the pride in, in the youth that comes out of the program and that are in the program. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Yes, we I w- are just I want to join. I mean, but but how old do you have to be to join? I'm not. Is this I like know, the splash pad? Is this, <laughs> or we're not allowed. Yeah, yeah. we're not allowed. So our uh, youth, our peer leaders are 14 to 19, um, but we are growing as an organization. So if you're interested in our training manager position, hey. let me know. <laughs> uh, we always have positions open often. That's what's up. All right, we're going to take a break and we're going to come right back with some more questions. I'm sorry. Like, I am might be geeking a little bit. Every now and again, like, I get into spaces with other organizers and organizations. Yeah, this is really your space. And this is... <laughs> but, like, I sometimes I just... I'm an organizer. Like, this is what I do, but I love hearing other folks kind of doing that work and, and taking it further some of the things that have been sitting in my head you know what i mean and taking that further. anyways we'll come back <laughs> terry's gonna calm down we'll Thank see you, you soon so terry yes coco um do you know where people can submit their events since it's the 150th year of holyoke's existence and everybody wants to go to every event oh my gosh where can they submit their events okay well exploreholyoke.com is a new site about all things Holyoke, and they would love it if you're having an event that you send them the info so they can add it to their calendar and post your event and your space and all that goody stuff. That's great. Can you do that in the microphone? Uh, <laughs> I thought my volumes were okay. Damn. 
What's up, Coco? You hear that joke about the organizer and the politician who started a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Does it end in adventures and organized chaos? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So we're back with our amazing guest, <laughs> who's who's telling us every all things uh, Palante and Holyoke, and the conversation's fascinating and uh, inspiring. So let's keep it going. Yeah. You got a question, Coco? <laughs> I have a lot of questions, but mostly I um when when I did visit, there was some discussion about how um how your organizers can can take some of their ideas and move them into like into the municipal space as far as like the political arena. And so I was I was interested in in how um what kind or how you guys are feeling about that and if they're if you're working on anything that you would want to you know try to push through into like city government or you know some kind of policies that you might be trying to work on um that others could be helpful with you know we got terry here and (laughs) yeah actually we just started the 2023-2024 cohort of peer leaders Mm. so they'll decide what we organize around Mm. i'll bring them a couple um coalitions that they could be that they could decide to become members of or we could decide to become members of um right now they don't have particular policies that we're working towards. But our first program meeting is next week. Woo. So hopefully we'll, we'll be able to create some ideas around our youth advisory board, um, kind of channeling our organizing. I should send you some stuff on housing. Just to, <laughs> yeah, know, absolutely. Because I, I would love to see what the youth could do with a housing movement. You know what I mean? And there's there's some in Vita Urbana, urban, mm-hmm. uh, in, out in Boston. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. And that's usually how our, our youth decide what to organize around. So I I often get people emailing me asking to become a part of a coalition or a campaign. Mm-hmm. I'll ask those people to come speak to the youth. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the part that they're like, wait, what? Like, And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I'm they just a body. Want, <laughs> right. They just want to organize it with you and tell right. people what but to do. But if the kids if the kids ain't rocking with you, they're they not rocking with you. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't make moves until the young people tell me to. So right. I have campaigns and coalition members come present to our youth they'll decide whether we want to organize around that topic and how we want to participate well i think i think um it's really important for more of our youth to get involved in you know the political arena not necessarily as politicians Mm -hmm. but really understand how municipal governments work how their state government works how Mm -hmm. you know the national government works because um there is a lot of power in in you know, in the youth of today and, and with them understanding how things function and how to get things done, um, they can at really, they can be really building the world they want to live in. And it's, it's important. Um, I find it incredibly important in city council to invite more, a, a younger perspective mm-hmm. in, cause mm-hmm. I mean, we're all grown ups in the room and I'm not, I can, I can say without, you know, feeling too embarrassed. I'm kind of detached from, from like the, you know, the high school age group, you know, I don't really know what, what they want, what they're into. And I can only know if they tell me and they mm-hmm. tell other people and they, you know, voice their concerns and ask questions about how to do this or, you know, what the thoughts might be on something else. Right. And I think it's important. It would be great if, if we could somehow share information that 
is interesting enough to them to to want to you know take part like the housing movement i mean there's definitely a huge housing movement going on in holyoke right now mm-hmm. you know and there's there's other things going on as well um but it's really their perspective that i think matters so much more mm-hmm. than all the other voices in the room because it's their world mm-hmm. absolutely and it's a complete myth to say that they're myth that i've heard that people young people don't care Mm -hmm. they care so much but it's not accessible to them um and they haven't been given the opportunity to have a seat at the table so when that seat is available and our youth are invited they always take advantage Mm. i firmly believe that mm, politics and government in particular is intentionally inaccessible to young people Mm -hmm. um in order to create, like, create not and just maintain young the people. status quo. Well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, not just young people, for sure. I, th- I think my question, one of the questions I kind of want to go back to is, who are the young lords, right? And, yeah. like, because it goes into this a little mm-hmm. bit. But for those of us who might not know, do you, what, what can you tell us about the young lords and yeah. who they were? Yeah, the young lords were a youth-led uh, organizing group that started in Chicago with a man named Chacha Jimenez. And that group did some pretty radical organizing, taking over buildings, churches, hospitals to ensure that the The Statue of Liberty. Yeah, to ensure (laughs) that their people were heard, um, but also to to ensure like the safety and um, like sustainability of Puerto Rican ancestry and ethnicity in the city of Chicago, particularly now that Belante like branched out into places like New York um, and I think those places stick out in people's minds more maybe because they're closer to us mm-hmm. proximity mm. but I, I will always acknowledge Chacha Jimenez Young Lords started in Chicago and we, we pay reverence to them yeah sometimes people sleep on the Puerto Rican diaspora that's out in <laughs> Chicago like totally forget like what's happening over there Absolutely. you know what I mean yeah well the the sweetest woman came up to me at um in the mayor's office when we did the Malcolm X proclamation, which one of your youth organizers was took a big part mm-hmm. in. And um, she told the story of how she used to live upstairs in Chicago in a building where the Young Lords had their clubhouse downstairs. Mm-hmm. And she was telling stories about, you know, um, just being around while they were forming and, you know, just just being like a fly on the wall in the neighborhood and how impressive it was. So it was nice to have, you know, that connection to of of an older woman who lived in Chicago at the time mm-hmm. um, share a story which I always love that it's stuff. beautiful <laughs> in in your organizing do you do you find that there's this desire to try to organize like we did back in the day like we did in the 60s and 70s and is that causing a little bit of an impasse as to how we organize in the streets mm. Mm, that's an interesting question because I don't actually like if I was to answer that professionally honestly I don't know like what the political like uh, appropriate response would be. But personally, I do find that people expect uh, resistance to look like a protest mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and to be um, loud and to have a lot of people and to be a space for extroverts. Post-COVID, I see a lot of our young people and adults mm-hmm. becoming more introverted. Mm-hmm. And I think that there hasn't been enough conversation about how to engage in a variety or multi multidisciplinary um, style of resistance that isn't simply very big extroverted 
Um, I'm the loudest person in the room. Mm -hmm. I grab the microphone and I am the change maker, Mm -hmm. but rather like the nuanced side, like more subtle forms of resistance Mm -hmm. that create major change um, throughout time. But they look different because maybe you don't see them. Mm. I I would also say maybe even further back at Occupy Wall Street, we Mm -hmm. started to see decentralized movement show up and that kind of, I feel like also informs a little bit as to how we move now where we don't have the Martin Luther Kings, Mm -hmm. the Malcolm Mm -hmm. X's anymore. All of us are that now, you know what I mean? And all of us can kind of represent that. How, how does that, how is that encouraged in Palante? Is that like, and centering that we're all brilliant, you know what I mean? Everything is a star, so to speak, you know what I mean? How does that show up? I think that's highlighted most in our um, final event of the year, which is Sigue Palante, and it's um, a showcase of our young people's work throughout the year. And, and then you're able to really see throughout the year, each peer leader shines differently. Mm-hmm. Um, some people shine with poetry performances, some people shine with their research, some people shine with their interpersonal relationships. And every place, like there is a, I always tell them there is a spot for everybody. Mm-hmm. You're going to have your time to shine. It just might be like, three months from now mm-hmm. um and so be patient give yourself the energy and the positivity you need young people often discount themselves when they're they aren't able to like shine very clearly um but mm-hmm. i find the most power actually like in the planners and mm-hmm. the people who are like telling us where to go what we need to buy um and and how to get there mm-hmm. those those are the minds that i i like to celebrate so i always am like I, I shine on my introverts just as much as my extroverts who are, you know, maybe the the faces of Palante. And the logistics is a labor of love, mm-hmm. right? And don't forget <laughs> that that's a huge part of this movement. Yeah. And so those folks that are usually behind the scenes, scheduling, calling, texting, making sure folks are going to be there and know their part. Yeah, shouts out to y'all, whoever Absolutely. you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, dope. I, I think we can... We can take a break real quick All and right. then we'll come back with maybe here's some announcements and some more about how we can get involved. Fabulous. Thank you. Yeah, BRB. <laughs> Hi, Coco. <laughs> have you been over to the artery? I have once. What do you think about it? I liked it a yeah. lot. What is that? It's a it's a place where you can go buy art. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's some businesses popping up, which is pretty cool. The Artery is um, was actually funded by a grant, I believe, to open it up. So, oh, nice. Um, and it's a space to allow local local artists to um, consign their wares. So they and it can be clothing, literally, or any kind of art. Um, there's a lot of crafty stuff in there. Nice, yeah. nice. I like. I, I bought some candles out of there. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely bought some candles out yeah, of there. That's too. a good place to buy and candles. It's a good place for gifts. Yeah. And, you know, this gets me into a conversation about collecting art. I think we all should collect art. We should. So, and connect, collect your neighbor's art. Yeah. It so, doesn't have to be like million dollar art, it just has to be fun and right. you have to like it. And if you happen to support someone that you know or have met locally, it's pretty cool too. Um, so I just wanted to let people know that the artery is not open every day. Um, it is on High Street. It's open Thursdays through Saturdays, 11 to 5, and it they have local artist stuff, and it's great for gifts. Um, they're at 289 High Street in Holyoke, um, and they do have a website. It's www.holyokeart.com. So um, 
they usually extend their hours when it gets warmer out, but we're not there yet. So if you need something, go over to the artery and visit them Thursday through Saturday. Awesome. See you there. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm here for it. Are you ready, Alicia? Hi, friends. <laughs> What's up, Alicia? We got to make you like a mainstay now. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I think Don't you do, tease me with a good time. <laughs> you do better at talking about organizing than, like, we had, we tried to talk about movement work, and I should have took notes, right? I should have <laughs> took notes and just came in here. But I think that this has been a really great conversation. I to give folks a little bit of a perspective of organizing and yeah yeah dope i appreciate you <laughs> i appreciate y'all for owning the space thank you yeah so this is there any announcements anything happening i know you mentioned a lot throughout our conversation so far but just to make it succinct and put it in a nutshell absolutely we have so palante opens our drop-in space from 3 p.m to 7 p.m at lighthouse on race street right now 208 race street suite 204 and in october hopefully you know house renovations are always up in the air we did buy a house and we we're renovating that house so we we're hoping we'll have space well, well that's amazing yes yes <laughs> so our drop-in space hours would open up when we move into our own space um potentially in october maybe a little bit later we're, we don't know so cool. Um, other things we're excited about kicking off our, our first Mindful Rage series for mm. court associated youth will start in October. If there are any social workers, attorneys, probation officers, judges that are listening that are looking for um, holistic and transformative ways to address the anger management requirement for court, court associated youth please email mm. me um, or you can complete our community referral form. If you're a community member with any interpersonal issue, whether that be you are having an argument with your neighbor or you have a couple young people who are um, in an interpersonal conflict in your neighborhood, please complete our community referral. We do circle practice for um, a variety of reasons for celebrations, but also for healing um, interpersonal conflict. And we have some of those coming up in September. We are also looking, <laughs> recruiting new peer leaders for our drop-in space. Um, we invite all young people who live, work, and play in Holyoke to enter our drop-in space. After a year, they can become peer leaders or we recruit in peer, um, we recruit for peer leaders in like the February, March, February to May period. Um, and then we kick off some uh, workshops for them to develop their political education. So we have so much going on. You can learn about it on Instagram and uh, in our Facebook page. That's Balante TR or underscore TR. Oh. And do or sorry, TJ. Sorry. TJ. Rewind on you got, that. You got that note for yeah. the uh, yeah. thing. Nice little uh, quick Belante redaction there. TJ. Yeah. <laughs> And the TJ stands for transformative justice. Absolutely. All right, got you. <laughs> do do the youth have to live in Holyoke to take part? To um to be peer leaders, mm -hmm. they need to live, work, or play in Holyoke. Okay. To come to the drop-in space, they don't need to to live anywhere in particular, but they need to get transportation to our right. space. Mm -hmm. So that's a little trickier for people who yeah, are outside of Yeah, because we have Holyoke. excellent public transportation in Western Mass. Yeah. So <laughs> if that was, when that improves, hopefully we'll be able to uh, increase our reach a little right. bit more, but we just can't provide transportation outside of Holyoke. And gotcha. so our community circles are open to anyone that can provide 
get transportation to Holyoke. And, and if anybody out there is listening, you heard there's a need. Palante needs people that are potentially shuttling youth back and forth. So That's right. like, <laughs> I'm sure that they'd be open to figure something out. Yeah, transportation. It's <laughs> always an issue. Just shout that out right. real quick. <laughs> Thank yeah. you all so much. Yeah. I really appreciate you coming talking to us about all these very important issues and um, how you're transforming Holyoke and our youth. Yeah, I I appreciate the platform. And Holyoke, I mean, is a great place to be, I feel like. I I just wanted to just touch base. You Just kind of reiterating, you're still fairly new to the city. Four or five years here, right? Oh, no, no. I am born born and raised here? Yeah. Okay, I didn't get that part. In Holyoke. Well, my grandparents have lived in Holyoke my entire life. Okay, dope. I didn't get that part. I live in their space now. (laughs) I took over their duplex. So I... have always had a home in Holyoke is kind of how I see it. I grew up in West in Wilbraham, mm-hmm. um, but I've always been really connected to Holyoke. I, when I found out that there was an ethnic studies department and I could actually live and work in Holyoke. Where you were from? Like, like, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. The stars are aligning for me. <laughs> um, and they continue to align because I've landed in Palante. Dope. Nice. Dope. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Um... What else we got, Coco? Anything else before we... Before we take a break? Yeah, before we take a break. Uh, do you have any questions for us before we leave? I think my, <laughs> my main question is, like, how do you continue or how do you see yourselves continuing to spotlight community efforts in Holyoke? Hmm, hmm good question. We tend to uh, reach out to the various groups and see who has time to talk to us about what. Um, a lot of things come up in our in our separate work lives um, mm. where we discover different organizations and different work happening um, for Holyoke in Holyoke or in the state nationwide. Mm. So we kind of bounce all over the place. Um, we have shows on all kinds of topics and we're very much open to people who just reach out to us and want to, you know, use the platform and talk to us about issues. Um, and we also reach out to people. So there's no, we, we don't have any limits. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I yeah. mean, un, like, unlimited is, like, yeah. a beautiful place to be, too. Mm-hmm. You have lots of opportunities. Yeah. yeah the that- point here is never to point fingers or um, have, have any kind of angry conversations about that are one-sided. You know, we, we like to think we're creating a space where people can come and, and have a conversation about what they're doing, what they want to do, what they don't want to do, maybe what they like or don't let, don't like, but it's not, we're not here to argue with anyone. We're just here to get perspectives. Yeah. Spread the and, and I started out like media. It's, it's funny that Palante has that history connected to the young Lords and the newsletter. I, and then, and then there's even uh, young Lords have some connection to the Panthers, of course. And, mm-hmm. uh, but there's always, this conversation about communicating with the people and how do you like make sure that you set your narrative in stone as far as an organization goes. And it definitely, I, I see that happening at Palante. Um, but it was always something that as an organizer, I, I th- have thought about. Um, there was a, many moons ago, I was a part of founding an organization called the Flower House. Um, Shouts out to all the Flower House uh, like alum, (laughs) Um, bunch of like black and brown artists who like wanted to sell our work, our craft in the front, and then in the back we had like a revolutionary library. And then we would do. Don't you? uh, Yeah, yeah. So So, you got great work going on. Yeah. So we 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 were we were doing some we were doing some dope stuff, and we 
one of the things I was doing on Monday nights was the flower house chats where it was really just anything that you were seeing on social media, anything you were seeing on Facebook, whatever, wherever, um, anything you saw on the news, you could bring it to this space, at, you know, in the evening and let's just talk about it. And one of the big responses for me was I was seeing a lot of people say stuff on the internet to one another that they would not say to each other in the face. Mm. So I was just like, I was like, okay, here's, here's a spot right where you want to you want to keep that same energy let's do it let's do it here and then so but it wasn't something where we were gonna like fight about it Mm -hmm. right we were actually gonna get into a real conversation and discuss and dialogue about it right and and create that so when you ask the question about spotlighting elevating empowering i mean i think that that's all kind of in that same vein right of trying to just keep us connected as much as possible and then also recognize that there's humans at work here, you know what I mean, that's behind it all and that are thinking and they're creating and they're building and are growing. We could all kind of share, I don't know, the turn, that turned into a word soup, salad, but I really feel like <laughs> that's really what it is at the end of the day is trying to like continue to create space and make space for that even to happen, a word, word salad if that's mm. what it's going to be, but a dialogue, a conversation and create more of that. Um, And then I think the other motivation is Holyoke is a very small place and it seems shameful that there's not enough (laughs) media outlets and like more liberal, but even far left than that. Right. Because there's a lot of us in the community that hold those thoughts. Mm -hmm. And so, again, just making space for folks to be able to have that conversation is kind of where it's at. So that's why. it's adventures in organized chaos. We <laughs> we know that we're embarking upon like a big challenge, not really having a set agenda, not having like even clear interview questions sometimes or whatever, but just like going with that moment and going with the flow. So I'm again, I'm glad you engaged. Well, yeah, in a world <laughs> where like being organic is so, um, I think, unfamiliar with people mm. that that's y'all are really paving the way in, in a really neat in a neat fashion i'm, I'm for it hey, you hear that hey, terry look nice. at us right. trailblazers oh, look wow. at us go we got it <laughs> we're gonna be all right yeah we're gonna be okay cool all right, all right. well we're gonna take a break yeah. one more and then we'll be back with weather maybe i don't know we can talk about the weather real quick real quick all right brb all right but <laughs> yeah let's do some <laughs> Let's do some announcements, Coco. Yeah. <laughs> Lazy style. Lazy announcements and weather? Yeah. All okay. right. So for the announcements, just go to Explore Holyoke. <laughs> <laughs> See what's on for the fall. Exploreholyoke.com. Yeah, There's that. tons of stuff There's up. So many things. I so know many the, things. The pools are closing, so that's sad. Boo. And goodbye to the splash pads, too. Grr. Because we couldn't use them. We need to change the date of like these official opening ending dates for things, because it'd still be hot after those dates, you know? Yeah. And sometimes before. Yeah. I wonder how that works. Because people got kids. And so, like, now that they're in school and headed to school, you got other priorities now. So, can't be. I don't know, but they come out of school. Yeah, they do. (laughs) They're not there. They don't sleep there. I mean. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking at this the wrong way. I don't have. We don't have children. Yeah. So, we don't I'm going to stay out of this. Yeah. This is not our conversation. Okay. How about the weather? Hey, the weather. (laughs) I was trying to look up and see what it was going to be like for the rest of the week. I didn't get a chance to do that. The well, 10 I know day. it's nice today, but I mean, I've been really um, surprised and nervous about 
all these floods in California and earthquakes and more fires. I mean, uh, yeah, California had a bit of an apocalypse. More on the fires, weekend. fires in Washington mm-hmm, State. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's really bananas. Uh, I saw an article about like a, the billion dollar weather damage is just the new norm. You know uh. what I mean? And it's just like what cities need to expect and prepare them. I think that's a great conversation. Again, Holyoke always, any city, right, should be thinking about like how much money do they have kind of saved up for the potential for weather. a tornado. Right, or whatever climate does that, that you're just not expecting, you know what yeah. I mean? Well, I mean, a few years, it may maybe like five years ago now, there was like a tornado in uh, Brimfield. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it tore through like the back of Wales mass. And yeah. I only know, I, you know, I, I saw a lot of it because my, my dad lives in that area. And it was it was a fluke. You're like, who's heard of tornadoes in Massachusetts? Or, Nobody's ready. <laughs> or the one that came down the bridge from like Agawam across to 91 that one year. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, these were a while ago, but it's abnormal to say the least. And, yeah. You know, how do how do we prepare for things like this? And the other thing is, I guess the abnormal thing is sticking out to me is how do we prepare for this and maintain their abnormality? Like, yeah. Or we or do we just or is it just real for us? This is our current reality. You know what I Anything mean? Anything can happen anywhere at any time. Right. And your just head is on a swivel how, now. How are you supposed <laughs> to prepare for that? Right. right. Well, it's funny because I was watching the news from California. So for those who don't know, California got hit with a hurricane or a tropical storm. Tropical storm. But it was for the first time in 80 years, right, that that has ever happened. Yeah. And on top of that, they also got some folks felt the effects of a 5.5 magnitude earthquake as well on the same weekend so that was just like a crazy a lot it's a crazy day right well while uh they had just gotten over an entire like city burning down in hawaii right (laughs) right right after that so like what's happening here but i think one of the things that like stood out is californians are encouraged to always have a go bag and I guess that's like the only maybe, thing. Maybe you know what I mean? Maybe we need to all get Just, a little more hip. Yeah, we all need to get hip to having a go bag, put our essentials in there, some cash, a passport or whatever you need. I think there's going to have to be some serious um, discussions or people should be really thinking about, you know, where all these people go. Well, because, that's the other part, you know, right? if you're in an area where you're not affected, chances are people from affected areas are going to want to move there. But but Vermont taught you that no place is safe. Right. Because right. a lot of people flocked to Vermont because of that's, that's the safest be place. Right. And then yeah. Montpelier's flooded. Right. Right. So it's 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 weird because I'm also I identify as a bit of a climate migrant too. where I lived in Pittsburgh. We were getting so many floods. The air quality was so bad. Those are the reasons why we moved mm-hmm. to Western Mass, which, you know, which is better. And but at the same time, it's like I, I mean, I think that's also a part of the conversation is that we kind of rethink the climate migrant and who that person might be. You right. know what I mean? And then think about the infrastructure that those folks might need. And mm-hmm. I think that that's kind of how you prepare. Right. And making sure. I mean, that's why you need extra homes right and right now massachusetts is in a deficit for housing right, right? but that's yeah, why you even need the, them. The, the existing residents right for Never even the existing residents those who want right. to come in right yeah. right but i mean when you when you look at you know so i i feel like the the biggest eye opener for 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 the u.s was you know katrina mm-hmm. and how that affected new orleans and in those areas and like that was one that was one event mm-hmm we're experiencing like multiple, multiple events at once in, in various parts of the country. Right. And they're not like 
one small city. These are like major cities, you know, that are highly populated. They're surrounding suburbs. Um, and it's, it's, it's not just a question of where do all these people from one place go? It's mm-hmm. where do all these people from 12 places go? Right. And there's some, there's some interesting resilient effort, resiliency efforts happening, some interesting preparation efforts happening. Um, one of them, there's a trip to Houston in October mm-hmm. that I got invited to to go see like how Houston has recovered after those crazy floods that happened a couple years ago mm-hmm. and to talk about some of the future efforts, some of the efforts that they're thinking about even further. I'm also hoping that we get into a little conversation about their energy infrastructure as well think about yeah. what what's happening here um it's a really great i think some great examples are coming out of houston but there's some other places as well to think about and but that just makes me think also that there needs to be kind of a larger conversation and collaboration not just between like all of the big cities but even the smaller municipalities right. being connected to some conversation whether that I don't I don't know if that's a red phone somewhere that people people can pick Everybody up. Everybody picks up you know at the I mean? same time yeah, to listen in. Just listen in. You know what I mean? I don't know what that, that looks like. That would be but, amazing. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And just be like, yo, we're trying this dope thing out. You should check it out too. You know what yeah. I mean? And like, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah. But uh, the other thing is is just making sure, like you said, thinking about how where folks are going and making sure that they can get there and that uh, that adjustment that move isn't so hard you know what i mean right. and, and like yeah and it's that's a big part of it people are losing everything everything and then you lost everything and i think even just the amount of money it takes to move even if you're just moving to the next state over or to the oh, next yeah. city over like folks aren't prepared for that right yeah. and make yeah yeah so anyways that's been the weather um, I love the weather. It's my favorite. <laughs> this has been another exciting episode. Thanks for having us in your ears. Coco, this has been a really great episode. <laughs> it was great. And then we, every time we talk about the weather, I'm like, yeah, there's so much going on in the weather. No, but I feel, I feel, I feel, I do always feel encouraged because like we're talking about it. Right. Yeah, and so true. like, and solutions are happening. It's hard. It's scary, but Flip that frown upside down, homie. All right, Terry. All right. <laughs> okay. We got this. We're going to be all right. All right. Well, we're going to go get some mango juice <laughs> yes, and brighten please. Coco's day. <laughs> Have a good week, folks. We'll talk soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Hey, Coco. Hey, what? I got beef with somebody. Me? Uh, not you, <laughs> but I got beef with somebody. Do you know a place where I could go to maybe, like, work mm. it out? I'm thinking maybe Palante. Alicia, can I come over and squash some beef? Absolutely, yes. I would love to host that circle for you at 208 Race Street. Um, you can find us in Suite 204 until we move into our house at 220 Linden Street. Oh, man. I'm so excited. I'll be able to squash this beef. Y'all heard it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining us. Thank Thank you you. so much. Awesome afternoon. This has been fun. Take care, and I hope you have a good rest of the week. Thank Mm -hmm. you as well. Always stay woke, y'all. Yay, stay woke. Peace. Thanks for hanging with us on Adventures in Organized Chaos. I'm Terry. (laughs) This is Coco. I'm going to step on all her words. (laughs) It's okay. We're in this together. Solidarity. (laughs) See you next time.